Welcome to a new episode of Token Rivals, a weekly show exploring everything about the best bleeping rivalry in baseball, co-hosted by Patrick covering the Boston Red Sox and myself covering the New York Yankees. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Rivals. You can also find us on the web, TalkingRivals.com. You can also follow Patrick on Twitter at Patrick Trotty. You can follow myself at CP7NY. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. And you can also find us at Sportswire Radio at sportsinarium.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the other scheduling of all the other great shows. So, Patrick, <laughs> yeah. I got something good to say today. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just looked at it and obviously watching it every day, kind of, it was a good week and it day to day, you kind of don't realize how good or how bad your team is doing. And um, until you step back and look at it and um, they're eight and two, the Red Sox in their last 10. So I was looking around the league. Them and the, I can't believe it. They're the hottest team in baseball right now. Them and the Braves. Um Five straight wins. They sweep Oakland. They took two out of three against Texas. I was hoping they would at the best. I said last episode, best case scenario is they win five out of six in these six games. And and they did that. So it's perfect. Going into the break is uh, about as good as you can expect for a banged up Red Sox team. And um, they look good at home against a good Texas team and against a really crappy Oakland team. Oakland is just, they're bad. They're, they're yeah. really, really bad team. And uh, you got to take all three and um, going into the break, you got all the teams in the AL East over 500 and everybody within, I think nine games of each other. So it's, I think you said it best a while ago it's going to be whoever has a bad week is going to be out of it in the second half yeah so you just got to keep on for both our teams keep on stacking wins and and see if you can make up games because every game is more important now because of the less games against the divisional opponents so and you know what thankfully tampa tampa has not been good yeah we haven't talked about them in a while we just I mean, obviously they got off to a great start, but they're they finally won today, but they're they were in a free-for-all for a while there. And you know what? If they were if they kept up that pace or anything close to that pace, we'd all be looking at double digit, you know, at least 10, 12 games out of first place right now, and probably no shot at taking that division. But right now, Tampa Bay's kind of living leaving that door open for maybe not us, because the way we look yeah, Baltimore's but, only two back. Yeah, Baltimore's right there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you got Baltimore and the Red Sox both on a five-game winning streak. Toronto came back and won today, so they're seven back. And the Yankees are sandwiched right between Toronto and, and the Red Sox. So mm-hmm. everybody's over 500. Um, I know it's not the way you wanted to end this first half with the Yankees, but no. what were your impressions with the Cubs? Um. Uh, the Cubs are okay. I mean, I think they are what they are. I don't think I personally don't see them as a playoff team or a team that's going to win that division. Um, they are okay. You know, they're not a great team. This is a team. This is a series that the Yankees should have took at least two out of three easily. Um, and the first, you know, first game they get shut out three nothing by Tyone, who had an almost seventy RA coming into the game. And they got, I think, one hit that whole night, two, two, uh, two hits, I think. Um, they won Saturday's game. Great, 6-3, standing at a couple of home runs. Maybe there's some momentum going. You know, you had Cole pitching, too. And then and then today, Herman was pitching great. Um, they took him out in the seventh inning um, with the 4-1 to one lead. And the bullpen, not the bullpen, but Ian Hamilton forced a ground ball to end. Uh, it would have been a double play ball. and. Torres with another boneheaded play, uh, muffs the double play, makes the error, opens up the floodgates, the bullpen just, you know, just gives up runs like crazy and they end up losing this game um, 7-4. Um, but um, listen, Torres could have, 
he should have easily turned that double play. It was a, you know, it was hit right to him. He's just, again, another brain fart for that guy. Um, it's been happening a lot this year. He's the type of player, I hate to say, I don't want to, he's a good ball player. I'm not putting him down. Yeah, but. I mean, he made that one good play. Um, I think it was against Baltimore where he took, where he st- scored on a single from first. Yeah, that was a little risky. That was uh, yeah. That, that, that was, was that lucky. was another tour. I was like play. Yeah, that was more lucky than smart. But um, he he's the type of guy I think is the perfect example of a guy who needs a change of scenery because playing here and hearing his name in you know trade rumors or all that kind of stuff. I think that gets to him, and I think once you get him off his game mentally, I don't think he's a mentally strong player but if he's comfortable yeah this guy's going to be one of the best second basemen in the league so i think if the yankees signed him over the weekend or over this break to a seven-year deal right and said here you go you're our second baseman for the next seven years i think he would be a great ball player i think he'd be the torres that we all think he's going to be but they're not going to do that but i'm just saying if they did so he's the type of guy that just can't handle these Everything, all the noise going around, right? And he couldn't handle being switched to short uh, a couple of years ago, too. Like, he's just mentally, he's just not there. Physically, he's got it. I mean, he's he's a good ball player. He's a good hitter. Um, I just think the, men- the mental part of the game, or just himself, is just not strong enough. So they got to they gotta move him at some point. I don't know. If, obviously, his value is, has dropped a bit since last year or even the year before. So. I don't know what they're going to get for him, but um, he might be a guy, you know, that could be possibly moved. If it's not now, it's in the offseason. Um, but, I mean, the more – just as disappointing as this series was against the Cubs was the series before against Baltimore because it was huge. Coming in, Baltimore was four games ahead of the Yankees in the wild card race and, and in the division, obviously. Um, Yankees come out, they win the first two games and it looked great with a chance to win the series. So after the, after winning those two games, they cut the lead down to two games. So they have a chance to sweep them and actually be tied with them going into Friday night's game against the Cubs. And then they end up losing the next two games to Baltimore. Uh, first to Wednesday night game, six to three. Again, offensively quiet after scoring. 14 runs the, the last two games. And then the last game, of course, they get blown out 14 to one. Um, Severino again, another bad outing. That's a, I mean, you got to stop putting up the red flag with this guy because that's the second or third in a row. Um, he just has not looked good. Even when he's pitched well, he hasn't looked that good, like his dominating self. So, you know, I keep saying he's hurt. Like there's something got to be physically wrong with him. Is his velocity down or is it just, I think a little bit, you know, about a tick or two, not a lot. So it's not like, but he's just not hitting the 98, 99 mile an hour fastball anymore. Like he used to, the ball's not jumping out of his, you know, out of his hand when he's throwing, like there's no zip on the ball. It's just, there's no life there. So there's something, maybe it's a tired arm. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but there's something wrong with that guy. And they got to figure it out because he is key. You know, thankfully got Rodon back this, this week too, which was great. That was um, Friday night. He pitched well. They, they lost 3 nothing, but I think he pitched well in his first start. He pitched into the sixth, so you, you can't really complain about that. Um, but there's something up with Severino. And, I, I, you know, I really don't know what's going on. And they're not getting Cortez back until I think the first week of August, even though he looks – they said he started uh, throwing off a mound today. And so he's, you know, he's on track to come back, but he was put on the 60 day IL to make room for Rodon. So um, he can't come back until I think it was the first week of August. So we'll see him then um, if everything goes right with him. And it looks like it is so far, but um, something's up with Severino. And I, I mean, I don't know. It just, he just doesn't look himself himself. Um so they got to figure this out during the break and see what's going on with him because right now he is just – he's awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it was as easy as just, you know, missing location or you could say maybe put him on the 10-day IL, but 
don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it, to me, it looks like he's hurt in some way, and maybe he's not saying anything because of, you know, he's going to be a free agent this offseason. He doesn't want to go into another offseason where he's banged up, you know, where he's on the IL a couple of times and all that. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But, I mean, but being out there and throwing, you know, throwing softballs up there is not a good idea either. Um, yeah, no, that's not going to work. His ERA is like seven now. Wow. Um, so that's – his ERA right now is 7.38. Yeah. One and four with a 7.38 ERA in nine games. So that's not good. And 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 right now I'm going into the All-Star break. You know, the, the name we're hearing now for the Yankees is Bellinger. <laughs> Obviously, we just seen him. Yeah, his swing looks great for Yankee Stadium, you know. I, I think he would be a great ad, but number one, the the price that you're going to have to trade for him now is going to be huge because there's not many options out there, and we've been talking about it, right? There's so many teams are in it that there's very little options, a few teams that are selling. That's even if the Cubs decide to sell because they're kind of in it in their yeah, it's supply and demand, and right now almost there's only a handful of teams that are definitely out of it. Right. So it's. It's going to be this trade deadline is going to be very, very interesting. And just looking at this team, like I don't think adding, even adding Bellinger and a pitcher or not, you know, I don't think one or two guys is really going to make a difference on this team, even with Judge coming back. And we really don't know when and if he's coming back. So, best case scenario, yeah, he comes back in two or three weeks and he's back to his old self and he carries this team. But He's also got to have a team behind him. And I don't, I don't know if adding Bellinger, is that going to make that big of a difference on this team? I, that's where I'm at. You know, like, yeah, it's great to trade for him. Problem is you trade for Bellinger, you're going to have to give up probably two good prospects, really good prospects, yeah. because the Cubs know that, you know, know the situation everybody's in. Like you said, supply and demand. So I just don't know if it's going to make that much of an impact that's going to put you over the top and say, okay, now we're ready to take on you know, Texas, Tampa, uh, Baltimore, and Houston, and Toronto in, in the playoffs. I just don't know. That's that's yeah. why. I mean, the other side of that is I think both our teams uh, are in similar boats. I think the Yankees are a little better off than the Red Sox, to be honest, but because you have Judge coming back, hopefully. Um, with the Red Sox, though, I think it's a similar thing because I, – I, <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic. Now they're over 500. Both teams are, all the teams in the AL East are over 500. It's the toughest division in baseball. You have certain guys coming back off the injury list soon, hopefully for both our teams. So I, I don't see the, I see the American League is very winnable this year. I don't see it as the usual. Um, I, I think the National League is much tougher to win. I think Atlanta and the Dodgers are going to be formidable. I think they're both going to add pieces in the National League before the trade deadline. I mean, you, you ran through the teams. I, I know Texas is a first-place team, but until they prove it in the playoffs, right. um, you know, same thing with Baltimore, same thing with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has been scuffling, and um, I think the American League is up for grabs. Whether one of our teams gets it – I'll say right now, Boston has got me in that. I call it like the summer flu, where I'm I'm starting to I'm starting to feel like okay, they're gonna make the playoffs. They're gonna they're gonna go somewhere, and it's just it's me being overly optimistic, and that's where I am right now. I'm I'm feeling that the Red Sox are gonna make the playoffs, and then you never know. But you, you're only what, two games out, a game and a half out. Yeah, two games out of the wild card, and that's all you can ask for if. I think the biggest thing is if Sale and Story come back healthy. Right. If Sale and Story come back healthy, then that's a game changer. Um, but the trade deadline, I think now they have to become buyers. You can't be within two games of the wild card, especially with the Angels losing Trout for, what, four to eight weeks. That yeah. kind of puts them, I think, behind our teams and – I think we're both in that position where you might have to overpay to get not game-changing talent at the at the trade deadline. 
you know? Yeah. I think that conversation opens up now about Otani, right? Uh, last week or two weeks, the last couple of weeks, we've been saying angels have to be all in with Otani, right? Because yep. right there, they're right on the, you know, they're right on, they're right on the border of, of being a, a playoff team or not, but you got to go, you got to, you got to go for it. But now without Trout, like you said, um, I, this I think Rendon got hurt too. I don't know what happened. I know that he fouled the ball off his kneecap. Yeah. And I'm just assuming he's going to, you can't, I mean, it's, it's just one bad luck after another with him with injuries. Yeah. And I, I was listening to the Michael K show on Friday and they said um, they had uh, John Heyman on and he had asked John Heyman, he goes, what do you think they're going to, angels are going to do with Otani? And he said, basically, their, their people or the, the people in the know basically said, see us in two or three weeks, and, and we'll let you know. So, yeah, they're, they're, I'm not sure what their schedule looks like, but they're a, a, a bad week away from trading Otani and resetting. They're just about there, right? I mean, they're now, what, five games out? That's not that far. I'm not saying that's a lot, but they kind of – you could forget about the division, I think. You know, you're not catching those guys. Um, yeah, the thing with the five games, I'm, I'm more looking at how many teams they have to jump. Right, exactly. They have to jump the Yankees, the Red Sox, and Seattle. Just to make – and Toronto or Houston, just to make right. that final spot. Yeah, so I, I – I, listen, the smart move with, is to trade them. And, you know, we've been saying, it. I don't know what the pack, the package is going to be uh, four or five, you know, five tops pro prospects right off the bat. You know, it's like, boom, just give us those guys. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just a matter of someone, someone, I was talking to someone, I think on Facebook and in, in messaging or whatever on a, on a page. And it, I basically said, who, you, you got to ask yourself, number one, who can afford them? Who, who's in a situation where, they're going for it, right? You're talking about a playoff team, number one. Number two, a team that has the prospects. Who's got a package enough to say, here you go to the Angels? And to still I think there's two playing. ways you can do it. I mean, you could do the prospect team, or you could do it where this gives the Angels a chance. And I know they don't want fans don't want to hear this, but this gives them a chance to you could attach with Otani a bad contract and take less prospects but get rid of, I mean, like a really bad contract, like a Rendon type. But um, that's really yeah, that, that could open up more trade possibilities, but I'm with you. I think you got to find a team that is willing to give up three or four of their top five prospects and a controllable piece and a, and a major league ready piece. So I think, I think Rendon is the only bad contract they really have. I mean, it's a really bad one. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's yeah. Awful. I mean, if they attach that, they could reset in a hurry. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe because take then you take back what you get from Otani. Maybe it's one less prospect if you give in Rendon's contract, one or two less prospects, but you can get back a couple of prospects and a major league ready piece, and you're out from under that big contract. And then, who knows from there? But it's. I'd be more inclined to do what you're talking about to trade Otani straight up and try to get a King's ransom. Yeah. I, I think you got to at this point, because I, I don't see them, you know, jumping over, like you said, four, five, six teams in this, you know, in this situation. I just, I just, to me, they're just not that, they're just not that good. Um, even if you have to, all right. Even if you have to keep Rendon and, and just get, like you said, the two extra prospects. So you're going to get, probably five really good prospects. Rendon signed for three more years at a lot of money, <laughs> like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so it's bad, but um, yeah, um, it's that's, he's going to be the big name that we're going to hear. Cause he's really the only one. Um, another one you got to think about too now is, is Pittsburgh is starting to fall. So yeah. now the pirates with their pitcher uh, Keller, I think he's, is Keller, he? Bednar, um, yeah. I know McCutcheon just went on the injured list, so not him, but and then Hayes. Yep, that's huge. I mean, that's two of their best players right there going on the 
the IL. Um, so that's that's another team that's probably gonna. They're what nine games under five hundred, I think now. Yeah, they've fallen out of it. Yeah, and the Reds are just. I mean, they're just smoking hot right now. That team is just ridiculous how good they're doing right now. But, so as we look back on the first half, who do you think for your team, for the Yankees, if you had to list like a, I mean, most valuable player, if you had to break it down for one one person for this team? Um, well, before I got hurt, obviously Judge, that's yeah. easy. But I would think the guy for me is Cole. I mean, every fifth day, you know, takes the ball and he gives you he gives you a chance to win the game, every game. So I know you could probably go with I don't know who else you could go with on this team that's been consistent all year. Without him, we're done. You know, I don't know. I'm I'm going to say Cole for me. Who's been? Um, I'm trying to come up with another category like most surprising for. In a good, it could be in a good way or a bad way for the first half if you had to pick somebody for the Yankees. Well, in a bad way, there's a bunch. So, you know, I could I could give you a bunch of names. Obviously, like DJ. I think DJ is the biggest surprise bad over anybody. Him and him and maybe Rizzo, I guess. But I, I think it's it's DJ for me because I think even if as he aged, I thought he'd still be a solid hitter. Right. He'd still be 280, 290, even, you know, even on the downside of his career. I didn't think it would be this bad. You know, now he's hitting like two, 220. I think he came in into this game. I think he had a hit. Um, so him, you know, like everybody's been a disappointment, really. I, I can't think of a player that wasn't a disappointment outside of judge on the offensive side. Everybody else has just been a total, you know, Volpe's been, Volpe's been better lately, um, so I don't know if that's a surprise or not. Stanton being as bad as he's been, um, unfortunately, we don't have many surprise good, um, you know, pitching wise. Uh, you know, the bullpen's great. I think Herman being as good. I mean, even the perfect game, obviously, but outside of that, he's been really solid for us. Um, Cordero was pitching really good for us until he got suspended for the rest of the season. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think to me, it's more of a surprise bad for this team. And it's a long list of players, unfortunately. And I'm surprised that we're even in the position that we're in with how everything has played out. How about yeah. you? Um, I, I would go... I can go with the younger guys. I'll go with a probably the most valuable would have to be for me, probably Duran and Bale as far as position player and pitching. Mm. Um, it's, it's been a couple of years now with Bloom as the GM and the head of personnel and people that are anti Bloom for Red Sox nation are just saying, you know, We've been finishing in last place. Where are our top prospects? You've been resetting the farm system for a couple of years. And I would say, you know, guys like Duran, Bayo, Cassis, they're coming up and and um, for the most part, they're producing. Duran's batting 320 now. Um, his OPS is almost 900. He's, I think he's got, he's almost, he's approaching 30 doubles which is incredible for a first half. Um, he's turning every, every ball that's hit into the outfield that's not right out an outfielder, he is putting the pressure on and turning singles into doubles. Um, I think he's got like 18 stolen bases. So I, it's just incredible where, he's, where he was and where he is now. His, his approach at the plate is totally different. And Bayo is turning into everything that um everything and more that he was hyped up to be i would say even more um you can go with james paxton as the biggest surprise uh i know yankee fans know if he's healthy this is what he's capable of and that's why the red sox gave him two-year contract knowing that the first year last year he would be out for most of it so right. it's been worth the wait you i think he was the pitcher of the month in june 
for the American League. Um, and, you know, there's a couple other good surprises. I would say um, Justin Turner has, I mean, I think we both knew he was a, he's a really good veteran leader and a good at bat, good professional player, but he's, I mean, he's batting 288. I don't think you can ask much more for that. And um, I would say the, a bad surprise, I got to go back to Kike Hernandez and, and this kind of ties in with the shortstop position. They're, they're running Yu Chang out there. That's what they're, that's their plan until story gets back. And Yu Chang is batting 137. Oof. His OPS is 499. That's not a number you see very often. The, the fours for an OPS is, is not that good. Not that impressive. So I would say the whole shortstop, the whole, okay, you got priced out from Bogarts. That happens. You're not going to give an 11 year contract, but to go from that to this is difficult. So, yeah, this but was- I would say with this last week and a half of games, um, yeah. things are trending upward for the Red Sox and I'm more positive than I have been in a long time with the Red Sox for this year. I think your shortstop position was almost like what we did last year. Yep. Knew you needed a shortstop and they thought IKF was going to be the answer. Yeah. And this, this year with you guys, eh, we'll just use Kiki. We'll be fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what you get. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully maybe after this year, you see the Yankee fans see what IKF kind of did this year as a spark plug and a utility and a super utility player. Hopefully I know Kike is going into his contract year, so I don't think he's going to be back, but other players that they've kind of plugged in at shortstop, maybe somebody kind of does what IKF did and, and makes himself more useful on the team going forward. Right. So, and I mean, looking at the rest of the league, um, who do you think would be, I know we talked about the national league MVP like last week or the week before I still am staying with Acuna. I think yeah. he's the most impactful. I think he's the best player on the best team. So that's the perfect combination. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you too. Um, I know a lot of people were on uh, Arreyes because he was going for 400 you know, he's still hitting 380, whatever, 388, right? 380-something right now. So that's still great. I'm not taking anything away from him. But even, uh, you know, some people were saying, oh, if he hits 400, he should get MVP. I'm like, did you see what Acuna is doing? Or even another guy throw in there is Cor- uh, Corbin Carroll, what he's doing with Arizona. Yeah. Right? None of us had Arizona winning that division. I mean, I know you were high on Arizona, but to win yeah. the division. Win the division is asking a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're starting to come down a little bit, but still, you know, they got swept by the Mets. Um, but still, Carroll's been great for them. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Acuna, how can you not be on that guy for MVP? I mean, that guy's just, he might go 40-40 this year, um, which is something we haven't seen since Soriano with the uh, Nationals, I believe. Um, so, and listen, I'm rooting for a raise. I would love to see him hit 400, but I don't see it happening. Um, as much as I'd love to see it happen, I mean, there's a reason why it hasn't happened since what? What's the year? 1940. 40. Ooh, I should know this. Um, no, <laughs> well, yeah, 406, I think, in 41. So over 80 years, it hasn't happened. There's yeah. a reason why. <laughs> Hitting 400 is extremely difficult in the major league. So yeah, this good. The, the story goes. I know that he you could have rounded up he could have sat out the last double header and his his average would have rounded up to 399 and changed it would have rounded up to 400 and i think he went six out of eight in the double header and so he batted 406 wow that's pretty incredible but uh yeah i think in the american league it's got to be otani yeah i mean nobody's even i mean this guy might break the the home run American League home run record that Judge set last year, and pitching like an ace. 
Yeah, I think it's his third year so far in his career that he's put up 100 hits and 100 strikeouts. That's just incredible. Yeah, and it's only halfway through the year. All right, let me – all right, who else – who's second to you, for you? Because Otani's an easy answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. I'm looking around the league – I mean, if Wander Franco can kind of get right again, I know his wins above replacement is right up there. Um, I, I'm thinking Corey Seager, first place team. If he can bat 350, yeah. If you could bat 350 at shortstop, that's to me, that's at least a top five MVP finish. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm kind of on there too. I, I you could put uh, Diaz from Tampa also. Um, he's yeah. been having a pretty good year. Um, Bo Bichette for Toronto, even though Bich- Toronto's been kind of off and on all season. Um, it's it's tough. American League is really tough. Um, a guy that's starting to turn it around now, or turn it on, is Luis Robert from the White Sox. Yeah. He's going to have to really turn it on, though. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, outside of that, you know what? Gar- see the problem with Texas? You got him and you got Garcia having a good year, too. Yeah, that's true. They might split up the votes. 23 home runs, 73 ribbies. So he's having a really good season. Throw in Josh Jung in there and Jonah Heim. They're all kind of having pretty good season. So, yeah, I don't think there's a – outside of Otani – I don't know if there's a clear cut second place finisher right now. There's there's so many guys you could put in there. Yeah, I mean you also get, like you said, Jonah Heim. You also get um, Adley Rushman will get some votes. Yeah. Yeah, the ballot um, for Tampa, Baltimore. Tampa Bay, you got a Rosarena having a really good year. So it's yeah. yeah. And Robert might be that for the White Sox might be that he won't win it or come in second, I don't think, but he'll be top. He'll probably be like a third or fourth place on a really bad team. If he keeps this up. Yeah, I agree. Sneaking up there, Alvarez from Houston, you know, the numbers up. So it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough call with the American league outside of Otani. Otani is the, he should be the unanimous one, but, um, to be interesting yeah and um i know we had the i don't know if you caught the futures game last i think it was last night to start off the all-star break festivities um i know we had for each of our teams i think we had two or three guys each in it we had two for the Yankees. okay and the red sox had three um the pitcher that they brought in is it was a guy that was in double a right now he's he projects to be like the red sox future closer hopefully after jansen he came in for one batter and struck him out and threw 101 so it's about as good as you can ask for and uh the shortstop mayor and the second baseman york both both got hits and they looked apart and red sox fans just have to keep in mind that this double play combination that they see right now with Arroyo and Yu Chang and Kike Hernandez, that's not going to be there for a long time. <laughs> so I'll just put it that way. Right. And the future is bright. And, and I think, I think the, the farm system for the Yankees too is bright with some of the pitching that you have coming up. And I know Spencer Jones and Dominguez and Peraza get a lot of the, headlines right but i think the the biggest takeaway from the futures game was i think the guy for milwaukee um the pitcher he threw i think he threw an inning and he had 10 pitches over 100 miles an hour <laughs> it was incredible it's he's getting bigger faster stronger is Roski? is that his name yep hmm. jacob Mizzle. And I saw where Griffey Jr. was in the dugout taking photos of these kids mm. during the which was incredible to see. Yeah. Anytime you can get Griffey, a player like that, 
not to be in awe, but to kind of take a moment and to, you know, that just, that just tells me, okay, what we're seeing now is these kids are getting younger and just, they're getting better younger. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, that, yeah, that, that's the good thing. Right. I, and I think that's good for baseball because that's been the one, that's the one bad thing with baseball. When they, when, you know, when you see a kid get drafted, you don't see this guy for like four years, right. Could come yeah. out of the majors. Now, you know, I just sent you earlier, uh, Jackson holidays already up in triple a, uh, double a, yeah, he's going to double a now. Yeah. Um, and he was the first pick of last year. Yeah. And I know the Red Sox first round pick last year is in high a ball. He's 19, just like Jackson holiday. And he just hit his seventh home run in 15 games. Wow. So he might be up in double A this year before he hits 20 years old, just like Holiday. So yeah, these these kids are they're coming up quicker. They're they're more mature. And the draft is tonight, the first two rounds, I know. They're still sticking with the 20 round. I know it used to be like much, much many more rounds. But now I know since the COVID um in 2020 since that draft i think they pared it down to 20 rounds but anyway the first two rounds are tonight on espn and mlb network and it's just good to have it televised and it can only help spread the game and i know a couple it's going to be it's going to be sec dominant and high school dominated but uh some local kids i think a kid from long island and a kid from westchester probably going the first round and I think the Yankees have the 25th pick. Uh, something like that, yeah. And I know the Red Sox have the 14th and the 50th. So, and a couple of reports for the that are saying the Yankees they're going to be drafting uh, one of the shortstops, one of the high yep. school stops again. So, yeah, I mean at this point, when they're a couple of years away, you just draft the premium positions like right up the middle of the diamond pitcher, shortstop, center field catcher, and and if if they're great athletes like they usually are, you can kind of move them around. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I like, I like that the, that we're starting to see these, these players come up sooner, you know, rather than, you know, in four or five years, like it used to be, because, you know, that was the one drawback in the other sports. When these kids get drafted, you see them right away, right? They're starting, they're stars on your team. You know, it's not, you know, Oh, you know, they're going to be in the mud. You don't see them for like three or four years. You know, you might hear about them, but you don't see them play. Yeah, imagine if the kids that got drafted tonight, to put it to your point with like the NFL, that comparison. Mm-hmm. Imagine if the Yankees drafted somebody at 25 and they were a starting pitcher for the Yankees next year. Yeah. that That's basically what the NFL does with quarterbacks and all the different positions day one. It's just incredible. And I don't think baseball will ever get to that point because it's just totally different sports, but and uh, Henry Davis, 2021, he's already up in the big league. So yeah. it's getting. Yeah. Cause you gotta remember in, in baseball, you got, you got kids coming out of high school. Yeah. You know, you're not going to see a high school kid, you know, start a game. No. At 19 years old. So um, yeah, but I, I like it. I love how it's, it's going now. I wish, I wish we'd see it more with the Yankees. You know, there's a couple of guys you'd like to see up, you know, a little quicker, but, um, you know, I think eventually we'll see them because there are some good names down there now. They're just starting to, you know, get that farm system back to being, or not back to being, but actually going up to being like a top 10 farm team, uh, farm system. Um, I just hope that for me as a fan, like just looking at the team now, I don't want them to make a big trade this year because, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it with this team. I just don't. I, I just, like I said earlier, I don't know if it's really worth it for them to do it. I'd rather see them build that farm system up a little bit more. And then, you know, maybe in the off season, make a couple, not a couple, make some bigger moves. Um, yeah. I, I mean, looking at it and trying to be unbiased, I think the, both our teams are in situations where, if you take a step back from it and you take off your fan cap, I think you said it right. Both teams are a bunch of moves away from competing for a world series this year, but 
if a guy like Otani or I keep seeing Soto, if those, if they're available. Yeah. Those you guys, you got to make a move for. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could, I mean, I could only imagine if the Yankees got somebody like Otani for the rest of this year, but yeah. But that's, those are the kind of moves I would, other than that, I wouldn't make the, like we're saying, the, um, the Bellinger move. I don't know if I would make that move because the price is going to be high. And is that move going to be that move that's going to put you over the top and you might lose him in the off season. Right. And same thing with pitching. If you get a starter, it'll probably be a back end starter and you'll give up a prospect or two and it'll probably just be a rental. And they have a chance. This is the thing where I, I, you know, you look at this team. Yeah, they are. Okay. Not stuck with, but they do have coal. You're not moving coal. You're not moving Rodon. And you're not moving uh, Rizzo. Rizzo has one more year left after this year. And then you got Judge, obviously, eight more years. And, of course, you got Stanton with another four. But outside of that, and DJ, another three more after this year. Outside of those guys, you could make wholesale changes to this roster. Yeah, you can make a lot of changes to the pitching staff, a lot of changes to – I know, Yankee – I know you've been talking about left field. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the infield you can move around. After Donaldson and Torres kind of they're gone. Well, Donaldson's definitely gone. Yeah. And Torres, you could trade. He's yep. a one more year left on before he hits free agency after this year. So you can move him. I think he's gonna have some kind of value. I don't know if he's gonna have the same amount of value as you would have gotten two years ago, but you can still get something decent for him. But now's the this offseason is the chance to kind of I don't want to say rebuild, but retool this team to get different players in, to get a different, uh, you know, a different core going, you know, a younger, more athletic core to this team. Because right now this team is just a lack of a, another term is slow and old, you know, and they're just kind of like, they're not doing, they're not getting it done. You know, I don't care. Oh yeah. They've been in the playoffs every year or they made it to the, you know, ALCS last year. That's great but they're just not getting it done in the playoffs. So it's time. This is the off season to do it. You don't want to, I just pray whatever they do at this deadline, don't take on any bad contracts. That's my, that's my big thing. Don't take on a bad contract. Like you did with yeah, just keep financial flexibility, right? Exactly. Keep that as much as they can, because you know, you, you, the guys that I'm saying that we're stuck with, you know, they're not cheap, but you know what? You know you you gotta you got those guys. They're, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, people say, "Oh, just trade uh, DJ or just trade um, Stan." You're not trading those guys. Number no. one, nobody's gonna want them. <laughs> even you know, and even if someone did, they all got no trade clauses. So nobody's going anywhere. You know, even Rodon, yeah. he's got a no trade full nature, full no yeah, trade clause. You have Stan. Obviously, you have Judge, Rodon, Cole. Yeah. Those guys are there. And that's a that's a good veteran core to build around. And like you said, now you just have to continue to bring up prospects and then in the offseason and at the trade deadline for Yankee fans, hopefully you get younger, more athletic. Um, and you can shed some of these bad salaries at the end of at the end of the year. Yeah, that that's that's the key, you know. Um and they could really change the core of the whole thing of this team if they can. You know, outside of those guys that are making the big money, you could change this team up, the rotation, the lineup. You know, you could finally get a left fielder. You could finally get a, a full-time center fielder because I don't know if Bader is the guy you want to sign to an extension after this year. You know, I don't know if you want to give him three, four, five years because he's, he's always hurt. Do you really want that? I don't know. He does make an impact when he plays, but – you know, he does get hurt a lot. So um, that's, that's how I'm looking at it, you know? So maybe you go after Bellinger in the off season instead of trading for him, you know, sign him to be a center fielder until Dominguez is ready. And, and Spencer Jones is ready for the outfield, you know? Yeah. So, got, so uh, there's options there, which something we haven't had in a while. And I, I hope I'm crossing my fingers that Cashman takes advantage of this situation. Yeah. Yeah, and with the Red Sox, it's um, it's 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 going to be interesting because a guy 
that's kind of in the Torres comparison for the Red Sox as far as contracts go is Alex Verdugo. He's having he's having a good year, a very good year, and he's a free agent after next year. Right. So are they gonna off I I I would imagine in this offseason, I mean he's a three war right now. So if he puts up a five or six war for the season at his age and his prime, you got to offer him a, a decent contract. And after that, it's, you know, the prospects that are coming up mayor, um, hopefully you get some more pitching in the pipeline and Nick York up the middle, second base and shortstop with mayor and him. And um, yeah, I, I it's going to be interesting to see if the Red Sox actually go after Otani, if he's available to, come to, if he's willing to come to the east coast because that totally changes plans it sounds good to be younger and faster and all that but if otani's available and he's willing to come here break the bank and just go after him and and figure out the financial stuff later um no, I, but I yeah don't... looking ahead to the second half it's uh, i'm getting greedy because of this past week they're playing at the cubs and then at oakland for the next six games this the week after the all-star game and i'm looking at it and saying you got to win five out of six yeah i agree Absolutely. and then right there if you can win five out of six all of a sudden you went from being a 500 team two weeks ago to being 10 games over then it's a totally different story and you have if you can do that then you have less than two weeks before the trade deadline and then you can be aggressive so that's what I'm looking forward to in the next couple of weeks. Um, but the all-star game for me is weird this year because I'm, I'm looking forward to, it. I'm looking forward to the home run derby. I love the futures game, all that stuff, but the all-star game itself, it's weird because there's not many of our guys in it this year. So it's like, <sighs> I was thinking that today. I, yeah, Kenley Jansen. I can't get excited about Kenley Jansen being an all-star. Yeah. You know, so I'll, I'll be watching it, of course, because it's the only game in town right now. So, but it's just weird. I know. I'm, I'm with you because the Yankees, Judge got voted in, but obviously he's not playing. Um, Cole actually might get to start uh, for, the, for the American League, but even if he does, that's, that's the only guy that we have as a Yankee fan that is looking forward to this game outside. Yeah. Of it's going to be a quick thing for the Yankees and then it'll be quick on the back end for the Red Sox. Jansen will get, you know, probably like seventh or eighth or something like that. And yeah. outside of two innings, the Yankees and the Red Sox are going to be quiet on all-star game. So, and that's something that we normally don't see, right? We're not used to it. Usually it's headlined by judge endeavors. And after that, you kind of fill in the blanks, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. I'm not, so looking forward to it obviously you know yeah i like watching it but and plus you know we, we we talk about it every year right like what else can they do to this game or to the week to, to, to the two or three days what else can they do right to the home run derby and stuff like that um, yeah i mean i think i mentioned it to you a couple times i, I like the skills competition aspect yeah and i think they could add to the home run derby by doing I think you mentioned that they can add like a celebrity wing to it, like kind of do like Griffey Jr. gets up there for a round this year. But then outside of that, I like the, I like the idea of doing like a race, kind of base running race, or if you don't want to risk the injury, do like an outfield throw, kind of have like a, a stationary, just have somebody at third base and, have an outfielder in right field and just have them catch a fly ball and see who gets closer to the target in the air, stuff like that. No, I, I like that. Add in, you could even add in like um, for batting and on top of the home run derby, have one that you got to hit targets on the field, you know, yeah. hitting. so I, I could, I could see that pitching, you know, you're probably not going to have too many of those. Yeah, I don't see the pitching or the base running because you don't want to have someone blow out a hamstring or throw their arm out. But there's got to be there's got to be a little there's got to be something there. 
And I like that they, I, I saw the high school All-American game. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, the All-Star game weekend started with the high school All-Star, the All-American game. And again, I mean, you got pitchers that are like 6'8", 220 at 17. Wow. Thrown in the mid-90s. So there's ways that they can continue to grow this between the futures, the high school All-Americans, the Home Run Derby. I know they even do the celebrity softball game, but there's got to be more skill competitions and stuff and maybe an extra day off for this all-star, make it an all-star week. But other than that, I, I think baseball is, they're getting in the right direction as far as growing the game. What about, what about the game, the all-star game itself? Do you think the game itself, can they add something to that? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be too gimmicky with the game, but I think you could, I don't understand why they haven't done like, you know, the GoPro cameras that are like, they're minuscule now, the size of them. You could just put them on somebody's hat and have like a view for at home of the pitcher's cap or center field. Right. Or more mic'd up players during the game. Yeah, I love that. Especially during the I think I think every first baseman should be mic'd up for an all-star game. Yeah, the one I, I have just to... welcoming people into f at first base, yeah. and you're getting conversations that you normally wouldn't have between NL greats and AL greats. So, and the, the one the one player I did not like being mic'd up because it made especially during a real game was when they had um, Trevino, the catcher for the Yankees. Yeah, up. that doesn't make sense. That was I didn't like that. Yeah. I think first base is perfect or an outfielder or, you know. Any of the infielders, really, because yeah. you know, if someone gets on base, you know, if a second base, a second baseman or shortstop is mic'd up, he could talk to the guy if he gets the second and or the talk, the conversation between him and, you know, and his second baseman or his third baseman kind of. So yeah. I, I think, listen, any added to that, I think would be great. Um, I totally agree. So I'm, I'm all for it. So I don't have an on this day, but continue with the all-star conversation. What would, what would be your favorite memory of any all-star game that you've witnessed? Wow. That, well, that could be a good on this day type of history. Because hmm. mine, mine was 99. I have to go back to 99. Between Ted Williams coming onto the field, Pedro striking out, I think five out of the first six batters. Yeah. Griffey and McGuire doing the home run derby and McGuire hitting the ball over everything in Fenway. Yeah. I think 99 was great, but yeah, you, you couldn't, I don't think you could top that one. That was as good as uh, an all-star game that we could have asked for in that one. Um, I would say that, and I was not the all-star game, but I was at the 2008 um, home run derby at Yankee Stadium. Oh, wow. And seeing um, Josh Hamilton put on the show that he did yeah. was just unbelievable. I, I just, I've never seen that ever. And it was just amazing um, the home runs that he was hitting. He was hitting like the back wall in, in right field, something that you just don't see, you know, behind yeah. the bleachers you know so a couple of them i thought he actually hit out of the ballpark that's how high and far they were going but um yeah that was that was a cool experience um to see that he didn't even win it that year surprisingly i think mornell ended up winning it that year but um so for me i think that was just because i was there um but the 99 one i i you cannot top that you know maybe like Maybe one year, well, I don't think they're going to do it again in San Fran, but if they had it in San Fran and Willie Mays came on the field because he's probably the greatest that's still alive right now, right? Yep. Um, but it's still, I don't think it would match that at all. Uh, it just, it was so special that year, I have to say. In Fenway, you know, the history of Fenway and Boston and 
oh, it was just so great, Ted Williams coming out. And uh, that's another guy you could probably listen to all, all day talk about baseball. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So hopefully, you know, this all-star game's got a lot to live up to, but there'll be good moments in there. And hopefully it's a, everyone gets out of it healthy and it can only grow the game this week. Well, here's a, uh, I have, I have a, a two on this dates. Okay. Um, one not so good. And another one that's really good. Um, in 2002, um, the all-star game was at Milwaukee's Miller park. And that was the game that ended ended in a tie. Ooh, nice. Uh, I think that was also the game that was it Tory Hunter that stole a home run from Barry Bonds. Yes. And then uh, he picked him up. Yeah. So that was that. And then the more important one, the good one, which I don't know if you really like it, but most Yankee fans do. So So I think yeah. it was that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that's more towards more towards your side of the fan base, but you know. And the 28th member of the 3000 Hit Club went five for five in the day. It was an incredible game, though. Yeah, it was a great game. David Price was pitching for the Rays. Um, at that, by that point of Derek Jeter's career, it was almost like, yeah, big deal. He had a home run because it was something like you expect him to do. You know, like it was like when he did it against Baltimore in Yankee Stadium with the walk-off hit. Yeah, it's just he's one of those guys. Listen, he wasn't the greatest fielding shortstop, wasn't the greatest hitting shortstop. No, but when the moment came, he met, he met he always met the moment. Yeah, it's just amazing. He had that it factor, the baseball IQ, all that. That it was off the charts. Great, what he had. Everything else was pretty good, right? He was a pretty good hitter. Wasn't the best hitter. He was a pretty good hitter. You know, a little bit of power, a little bit of this. And uh, fielding wasn't the greatest. I know yeah, a lot I would of say the first, but the clutch factor good. between yeah. the clutch factor, the leadership, and the yeah. consistency. Exactly. Off the charts. So, and, and like every time I see that clip, you know, they show it on Yes all the time. And, you know, like you take it for granted of what this guy did in the moments like that sometimes because it was almost like, oh, yeah. It was Jeter, you know, the flip, the uh, the dive into the stands or whatever. And it's just like you, you take it for granted, especially like you watch games like today, for instance, with the Yankees and Torres bobbling an easy double play ball, like a simple double play ball. And it's something that Jeter probably did a million times, but he wouldn't have did it in the seventh inning. He wouldn't have bobbled it in the seventh inning, maybe in the second inning, but he wouldn't have bobbled it in late in the game like that. So, um, yeah. I mean, that was always kind of cool. Um, and it's, it's great to see these these clips because it brings back these great memories because this year has not been a great memory type of season for us, for sure. But on the positive side, both our teams are in it right now for a playoff spot. So yeah, over 500. I know the, the goal is not nah, make the playoffs, but that's a good start. So we're both in it. We're in the toughest division and you know, the second half, there's still a lot of games. So both teams got to get hot and and work around the trade deadline and get healthy. And that's the biggest thing. If Judge comes back, if Story comes back, if Sale comes back, those are three impactful players for our teams that can make a difference. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I, another question I wanted to ask you before we go, um, now that we have half a season to look back on the um, the rule changes to the game, yep. uh, the throwing over to first base, the extra runner, blah 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 blah. What do you think of all the uh, of all these changes? What do you like? I love, I love most of them, but the ones that I really don't like, it's it's love or hate for me. It's I, I love the pace of play, the time, the pitch clock, all that. That's great. The no shifting. That's awesome. The ghost runners got to go. Yeah. And they got to figure out that just throwing over twice. Yeah. I'm not talking about that, but the rest of it, I love. 
quicker games, better pace. Yeah, that part just, I love. Just get the ball and go. I personally, I hate the fact that we have a pitch clock, but I love the result of it. I yep. like pace of play. I love. I guess they have to put the only two throwovers the first. Maybe, maybe make a third one if they can. Or yeah, a third. But I think the big thing is the ghost runner. To me, that just yeah. If you're there for two and a half hours, what's another half hour? Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe I, I've I've said it. Maybe give them a couple of innings to work it out, and then put the ghost runner on. Like after three innings, after yeah, the- if it goes really long, yeah, okay, something like that. But yeah, I agree. That's the one I don't like. Um, and if you're gonna give to me, if you're gonna give the batter a timeout, why not give the pitcher a timeout? Yeah, right. One 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 timeout per at bat, you know, that he could step off the rubber for a couple of seconds or whatever it is um, without being a, a throw over to first base. Right. Yep. And I think Michael K has said it more than once, but he said it again today because he had brought it up. He goes, I hate to see that in the world series, a game is going to be determined by, uh, you know, uh, the pitcher, a pitch clock violation or something like that, because I hate to see a game end because of that or whatever. And he said, maybe they should do that. Maybe in the eighth or ninth inning in the playoffs, you know, all of these rules go out the, out the window. Yeah. I could see ninth inning. Everything gets wiped clean. Yeah. There's no pitch clock. There's no throwovers or something like that. It's just baseball. You know, it's just take five hours if you want to finish this inning, but just get it done. You know? Um, so I, I kind of, I kind of agree with that too. That's, that's not a bad idea, but, um, I, I think they're working. The one rule that I'm surprised isn't working better is the shifts. Like the batting average, I think is just up uh, a, a couple of points, right? I think someone mentioned it the other day on the radio. Maybe yeah, not. I think like five points at the most. Yeah. So that I'm surprised. I thought I think the biggest impact with the shift is you're getting to see defensively a little a, a little more wow plays oh yeah i agree i think you're showing off more with the shortstop defensive capabilities mm-hmm. um getting to show people's arm strength off in the infield stuff like that but yeah the, the batting average i thought would go up a little more but yeah no I, I agree that's that's a definite and another on this date actually i'm just looking at it now 2017 on this day in 2017, it was the first year of the futures game. Huh. US, the United States team won won that game. Yeah, they kind of have changed the the format of it over the years. And I like I said, I, I baseball rarely gets it right all the time. They have their fair share of swings and misses, but I, I think they're getting they're getting more right than wrong the first time in a while, as far as the all-star game and everything going into it. So hopefully, like I said, this week can only bring more fans in and um, Seattle should do a good job hosting it. I tell you the one thing that the, if baseball gets it right, they will, they will be good all across the board is get their cable rights, TV rights, whatever situation straightened out right because there's some teams that that yeah. lost contracts right the valley one and um yeah, this valley for most of the midwest teams yeah you still got blackouts which make no sense um they should do something with that if you buy the mlb package you should get any game you want you know if you're spending 200 bucks whatever it is you should get every game you want you shouldn't get blacked out of a team that's in your area you know what i mean yeah. you telling me i get blacked out um Yankees Red Sox because <laughs> I'm, I'm in that weird area where it's I'm in New York but I paid for the Boston so I have to watch it on yes uh, okay I got you so That's yeah cool. I think if you pay for it you should get it all so absolutely if I'm paying the money give it you know I want it all and you, you pay that um, you know the baseball package you're paying the MLB package 200 bucks whatever it is you should get every game. I don't yep. care where you live or, you know, there should be no blackouts. And there's some people complaining they don't they have blackouts. They don't even live near whatever team they're near, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it makes no sense. 
Um, so I, I think if they straightened it out and they have too many streaming services right now, right with the Yankees, you got you got games on Amazon, you got games on uh, Apple on Friday night sometimes, and then you got that Sunday afternoon game on NBC Peacock thrown in there now. So Fox uh, game of the week. And... Yeah, it's just too many. They, they just Baseball has to figure this out. Make it easier. You, you want to grow the game, make it easier for fans to watch the game and to yep. find it. Not like, yep. oh, what's today? You know, what game is, <laughs> what streaming service am I putting on now? And or I, yeah. fans are just like, I don't want to buy five streaming services. I just want one, you know? Yep. So they have to get that fixed. Yeah. So we'll be looking ahead to the second half. Next episode, we'll be talking second half baseball on it's incredible how quick the game is, how quick the season's moving. But uh, that was episode 105 of Talking Rivals. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Talking Rivals, uh, on the web, talkingrivals.com, wherever you get your podcast. You can follow Chris covering the Yankees at CP7NY. I'm covering the Red Sox at Patrick Trotty. And you can also find us uh, on Sportswire Radio, sportinarium.com backslash player. And check out the other great shows on the uh, on the radio channel. Thanks to the manager, Thomas Bryce. And um, until next time, enjoy the All-Star Game, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next week.